0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. The book of John. John chapter 17 and go to verse 20 if you can. I'm excited to um, let you know that, that next week um, I'm gonna, uh, we're gonna finish out this little series that we've been talking about purpose. I've got something for you next week that I think is gonna be special. But uh, the following week, the 29th, um, we're gonna be, uh, we're honoured to have our senior pastor, Pastor Jensen Franklin, is gonna be here. Um, and uh, come on, let's give it up for our senior pastor. We're so blessed. To, uh, to be under him. He's going to be here on the 29th um, live in person and uh, it's going to be awesome. And uh, But stay tuned as well, we, we will be making an exciting announcement regarding a addition to our Sunday, another service for those of you that like a little sleep in, an 11 o'clock service is coming. So uh, it's awesome. So we, uh, we're so grateful for what God is doing and how we're growing. And so we want to continue to make room for that. But we're going to look at these verse. But um, before, that's, that's the main text we're going to sort of preach from where you are now in John. Um, but to, to set it up, I want to um, just do a real quick recap what we're looking at in, in regard to purpose. Because it, we're going to keep drawing back to how we've been discussing In keeping with the theme of purpose, we've been talking about, remember last week we talked about the process. Um, We called it the way, the way to His will, that we all want God's will for our life. We all want God's purpose for our life, um, but often we get lost in the process. And so we've been looking at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where Paul outlines somewhat of a four-stage process that, that we talked about. We talked about the importance of some of the stages like, like surrender being the starting point of our Christian walk and the starting point of the journey to identify, God, what is, what is your purpose for my life? That, that I will never really activate the purpose that God has for my life if my life is not surrendered. And His purpose is about embracing the process because the process that is laid out for us in those two verses in Romans 12, chapters one and two, that, that, that process is less about focusing on the, the purpose and it's more about focusing on changing us, the person. Really, that's, that's what it is. And that is so critical to our life because if I'm the person at the end of that, that, that process, if I'm going to be the person, according to Romans 12 and verse 2, that determines, that, that discerns, that identifies God's purpose for my life, I need to make sure that I'm the type of person that's going to pick the right thing. And if I'm not surrendered, if my life is not surrendered, I could potentially choose things in my life that are not about God's calling, but are about my own ambition. That, that if, if I don't get renewed in my mind, If I don't allow mind renewal, I I can actually water down God's purpose for my life because I'm thinking negatively or my view of myself is so insecure that I'm not even looking for the right thing that God's trying to bring across my path and I could potentially miss it, not because it's not there, but because my mind hasn't been renewed enough to be able to identify it. And so we've been talking about the importance of walking through that, that process. And we talked about how just when you feel like you get through the process and you surrender your life and you turn from your ways and you get your mind renewed and then you get transformed. I feel like for me, for my life, the second I get through it, I wake up the next day and I've got to go back and do all over again. And then, then I get through that and maybe sometimes I feel like I don't even make it through a day. And I've got to go back and surrender because I picked up things along that, that day. I picked up certain hurts. I picked up certain offences. I got distracted by things in that day that led me down a path that got me thinking that this life is about me and my ambition and my selfishness and my pride. And sometimes I won't even get through a day and I've got to stop halfway and I've got to go back to surrender again. And this is how we grow in God. This is how we grow in who we are as the people of God. And I want you to see as we look this week, I want you to understand that that process, is, it's not just, in fact, you, you can even look at it. that The fourth stage process that Paul outlines is so powerful. In fact, you'll find it in other locations in Scripture. In Exodus chapter 6, we're not going to turn there, but in Exodus chapter 6, God actually gives a promise to the Israelites and to His people as to what He's going to do in their life. And He lays out for them a process of transformation of how I'm going to restore the people of God. And guess what? It's a four-stage process. It's in fact so important to the Jewish people that they still celebrate it to this day and they celebrate it during Passover where they will sip from four different cups. They call it the four cups where it identifies the different the ways in which God brought the Jewish people to freedom. That there is, there is this process. So that's what we've been looking at. And I want you to see because it sets up what we're about to look at in John. I want you to see what this process is all about doing. And I touched on it last week as we were closing. But this process of, of surrendering my life, of transforming, of transforming my mind. It's all about aligning my life. Aligning my soul, if you like, my mind, my will, and my emotions. Aligning myself correctly with the place of where my spirit is. Now listen to me, the scripture tells us that when we get saved, our spirit, we are seated, the Bible says, with him in heavenly places. So what that verse is talking about is it's talking about your spirit. But how many know if you're like me, that's where my spirit is, but my soul is not there. I have moments where I'm aligned correctly. My soul is my mind, my will, and my emotions. My spirit is seated with Him in heavenly places. And yes, I'm saved. And yes, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. But how many know sometimes my mind, my will, and my emotions, this thing just goes all over the place. So this process that we embrace, it's all about correctly aligning my life, every aspect of my life to come under cover and to come in alignment with who God is in my life. And this is where we pick up this message and this verse. This, I want you to see what I'm talking about with us being correctly aligned into God's plan and God's purpose for our life in every single aspect of our life is so important. In fact, it was so important to Jesus for us that this was one of the last things that Jesus prayed. Do you know that Jesus prayed for you? Do you know that? If you look in Scripture, we're gonna read it right now. We see this amazing prayer that Jesus prayed. He prays, first he begins by praying for himself earlier on in the chapter. Then he prays for his disciples. And then lastly, he prays for us. So let's look at what he said. John chapter seven, verse 20. He said, I don't just pray for these, speaking of the disciples that he's just talked about. He said, but I also, I pray now for those Who will believe in me? Who is that? That's us. Because when Jesus prayed this prayer, we were not born, we hadn't believed in him yet. So Jesus says, God, right now I'm going to focus. This is God in flesh saying, I'm going to pray for those people of God that are going to be believers in 2020. God knows we needed prayer for 2020. And he said, I'm gonna pray for them. So, do you think it's pretty important that we look at what he prayed? This seems like a big deal right now, doesn't it? This is God, God in flesh, praying for you. So let's look at what he prayed. What did he pray? He said, verse 21 he said, God, I'm praying this that they may all be. One. Hang on a second. You've got one moment, Jesus, to pray for the people of God. And you're going to pray that we become one? I was so disappointed the first time I read that. It felt like it should have been something more powerful, didn't it? Think about all the crap that you're walking through in your life right now. Right? Think about it. Think about all the things that we're dealing with. You know, you know when you come to like pray in like ministry, you know, we have these moments in ministry sometimes where you'll be in an event or you'll be doing something and I'll say, we're gonna get you to come up and the pressure's on, you know, you wanna pray. And we, we have these big churchy, you know, whatever prayers that we try and pray and we use big words. It's like, oh, dear Jesus, God Almighty. I call upon you right now to come. You know, we do all this sort of stuff. It's always, it feels like it should have been that. It feels like I, I said to God, I'm like, Jesus, like, I mean, bro. Why didn't you say I pray a covering, I declare the blood of Jesus that He's going to cover my people, that He's going to go with them everywhere they go, that I'm going to go before them and I'm going to order their steps and my protection's going to be upon them and my favor's going to be upon them and a weapon formed against them is going to prosper and I declare that when the enemy comes one way, he's going to flee seven ways and I pray that you'd guide him, that you'd direct. No, Jesus didn't give us none of that. I read it and he said, Jesus is like, I'm gonna pray that they just all become one. I'm like, bro, is that it? Come on, but be real with me. Is that it? You you pray all the crap that I'm walking through right now and the best you can come up with is one? Causes you to look at this one to think that maybe there's more in one than we realise. That maybe if Jesus, knowing all of the stuff, all of the things that are going to come against the people of God for the rest of mankind, maybe Jesus, maybe Jesus, when He prayed this, knew that the thing that he was praying over his people was gonna give them every single thing that they need that it would be wrapped up in this prayer. He says, I pray that they would be one. As you, this is Jesus speaking to the Father. As you, Father, are in me and I'm in you, that they may also be in us. What he's praying is, he's praying, God, I want, I'm praying that the people of God would be in correct alignment with me, their Saviour, Jesus, and with you, their Father. Come up here, Jesus. This is Jesus. We we flew Him in all the way from heaven. Expensive flight, but we got Him here. Thank you for tithing. Listen, here we go. So what does this picture look like? Stand over here, so there. Stand right there. Where's God? Stay there. Get that for me, Jesus. Thank you. Remember, he said, I'm praying that they be one. Okay. So this is what he prayed. This is a picture of this prayer. Okay, can you see this? This is Jesus. Jesus is one with God, under God, Him in God, God in Him. Okay, you get this picture? This was Jesus' position. This this was how Jesus walked when Jesus was on on the earth. It wasn't about Him. He was under the cover of who had sent Him. It wasn't about what He wanted to do. He was always submitted to the will of the Father. Whatever Jesus did, the Father covered. Jesus said, even in His most difficult moment, Jesus said, not, not my will, but your will be done. So what is this prayer? What is Jesus praying? Jesus is praying this. Jesus is saying, I don't want, I don't want it to just be me, Jesus, and you, God. I wanna pray over the people of God, that the people of God, that's us, that we would be one, right? That we would be connected. He said, I'm praying. I'm praying that they would be one, that it wouldn't just be me, Jesus, and you, God, but the people of God, as they receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, their connection to God would come through me so that we would be connected. And as we're connected, we're connected to the Father right here, this right here is what spiritual alignment for your life looks like. Okay, if you can get this, I promise you, it'll change your life. This right here, you've got to understand, because this here, this is where I'm covered. This here is where blessing is. This here is where fulfilment is. This is where joy is. It's not found outside of here. It's true joy is found in here. You can find momentary happiness out here. But everlasting joy is found in here. So if we can understand this and continue in that process of surrendering, renewing my mind, turning from my ways, it keeps me under the cover and connected to my Saviour and through my Saviour, then my Father. So so what Jesus planned for us is is that we would be that we would be connected, that we would be tight, that we would be close, that that whatever I do, go with me. Because I need you, Jesus. I need you everywhere I go. That was that was Sunday. This was Sunday. But I don't just need you on Sunday, that's Monday. So would you come with me to Monday? And, and everywhere everywhere I go, because I'm living, I'm surrendered. I'm saying God renew my mind, God cover me. Everywhere I go, this is why God was able to say to Joshua, everywhere you set your foot, if you remain in my purpose, you remain connected to me, you remain committed to the process of being transformed by the renewing of your mind, you stay in it. You're not perfect, you're walking through stuff but if you stay connected with me, everywhere that you set your foot, I'll give it to you because it's not just you going there alone, I'm with you. And if I'm with you, I will take that ground and I'll take authority over that place and that place will become yours. This is how he says in Psalm 37, where he says, David said, the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart will give me the desires of my heart. Why is that? Because He can give me the desires of my heart if I'm committed to that process and I'm connected to Him because if I'm connected to Him and I'm walking through life with Him, there is no desire in my heart that has not come from His. Because selfish desire, it's an interesting verse that He would give me everything that I desire in my heart. But we forget that He says prior to that, delight yourself in the Lord. Because if I delight myself in the Lord, the desires of my heart will become his. So he says, if your heart, if it's in your heart and your life is delighted in me, then whatever's in your heart, I'm gonna give it to you. The key is to stay connected. This is what he's praying. This is what one looks like. But understand, when we're under this covering, understand the protection, understand the favour that's upon your life. It doesn't mean that you're not gonna go through stuff. doesn't mean that you're not gonna have to go through difficult things. But you can face hell itself. As long as you're aligned and covered, you will not be defeated. You will get defeated when you start to, because outside of this, outside of this, outside of this is where the fear is. Outside of this is where the anxiety is. Outside of this, this is where the lust of the flesh is. This is where all the crap and all the gear and all the things that are trying to tie you up and hold you back in your purpose for your life. This is where it all is. So too often, this is what we do, is we do this. We say, Jesus, I love you. I do love you Lord, and 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 I'm saved. and I love my church. But when I leave church, I feel like I'm here Sunday, but then I live in this place Monday to Saturday where I, listen, as long, as long as I'm in here and the fear will come and the thoughts of temptation and the anxiety will come and the heaviness will come and the distractions will come, I can ward them off as long as I'm covered and God will fight on my behalf as long as I'm covered. But when I make decisions to entertain roads of wrong thinking that will pull me away from my Saviour, now I'm exposed. Now I'm getting hit. Now I'm riddled with fear. Now I'm worried about my future. Now I don't know where my next check is gonna come from. Now I'm concerned about my kids. Now I'm concerned about what's going on in my marriage. Now I don't know what we're gonna do tomorrow. Now I'm worried about everything going on around me. It's not that I'm not saved. It is that I'm not positioned correctly. Let me tell you, let me tell you one of the quickest ways to get weary in your fight as a Christian. Stay out here and try doing it on your own. Try pushing fear away out here and anxiety and then try and stay in faith out here. You cannot do it. Guess what? You were not designed to do it. You were designed to hold your ground. Can't get me here, bro. You can't get me here. You rain all day on my life, but you won't get me here because I'm covered. The devil tries to rain down crap over your life each and every day and some of you are getting beat not because there's no power, it's just because you're wrongly positioned. That's why Ephesians says, having done all to stand, stand therefore and stand firm. You've got to hold your position connected with your Saviour, covered by your Father and you will win every single time. But you gotta see one. One, we're starting to see maybe Jesus knew what He was praying. Maybe he wasn't trying to just get through that prayer quickly and get home and eat food. Maybe Jesus really had something on his heart that he thought was important enough to pray over the people of God to understand and set up something for them and tell us about it in Scripture that if you'll stay in one, it doesn't matter how bad the fight is out there. Don't worry about out there. Be anxious for nothing, the Bible said. But with prayer and supplication, present your request before God and the people. Of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard, will guard, will guard your heart and your mind. We are in Christ Jesus. This is good preaching. I feel really good about it. If we stay, I've got to stay one. I've got to stay one. But you don't. You, 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 you're not going to have a bad day this week because you let go of your salvation but you may have a bad day this week and allow the things of this world to pull you down by just creating distance. Do you know what the word sin means? It means separation. So when I entertain wrong thinking, when I mess up, when I do wrong, I'm exposed. And this is where too many Christians live their life. So we establish. I think we all, for the most part, we probably look at this little visual and we think, "I get that. I want that, don't we? Come on, for the you wouldn't be here if you didn't. You that I want this. I want to stay here, but I find it hard. I find it so difficult." Maybe you don't maybe maybe you're doing better than me. I find this I want it, I believe it, I know the power of it, but man, I find it difficult sometimes I get so influenced by this. I get so pulled away sometimes you you can get pulled out you can you can want this and then tomorrow morning you check your bank account and then you allow doubt and unbelief and fear and all of a sudden you've just done this it could be. One thought, one thought, I don't know about you, but for me, one thought can come into mind and I am gone, bro, I'm in another place. Do you find that? One thought, because then that thought is connected to another one. And that joker's partnered up with this one and then this one, and I feel like I got on the wrong bus. And you blink and I'm like, how did I get here? Where, how did I get here? It's a road of wrong thinking, but it happens with just one thought. That's why you've got to keep going back to renew your mind to stay connected with your God. But he says this, stay here, Jesus. He says this. Verse 21, he says that his prayer is that, the, he's speaking of the people of God. He says his prayer is that they, that they would be one speaking not to not to the individual but to the people of god let me tell you a couple of quick ways do you want to know how to stay here want to know how to i want to stay here you have to stay here to walk in your purpose to, to carry a joy, no matter what you walk through, what you you have to stay here. How do you do it? He says you gotta you gotta understand when it comes to your purpose and when it comes to God's plan for your life. Something that I want you to understand, I want you to write it down because this is going to help you. His purpose is activated, this is part of your purpose right here. This is where your purpose lies. It is becomes powerful. It becomes activated with the right people. With the right people. Let me let me get, get Gabe and, and Dom and Matt come up here real quick. I wanna show you something that's gonna help you. Okay, these are my three of my greatest friends on the planet. I want them to do something. I want you bro stand right there. And you Maddie, you stand there. And you Dom. You stand here. Come under here, because you've got to be safe too. you're undercover too, okay? There we go. So 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 this is what? Right here. You see me in here? I'm right here. I'm the shortest one in this group. Listen to me. Listen to me. Do you know what this? When, when the Bible says there is safety in a multitude of wise counsel. This is what this looks like. So the enemy, listen, listen. Right now, the enemy's speaking to me. Where he's speaking to me from, he's out there. And he's telling me to freak out because of what's going on. He's telling me it's too hard give up, don't live for Jesus. So there's a part of me, oh, there's a part of me that wants to stay in here, but there's also a part of me that sort of is getting, I feel like I'm getting pulled a bit. But if you have the right people in your life, that surround you, even when the enemy's speaking, even when the enemy's trying to pull and you feel drawn and you get, you can have right people around you that won't let you get out of the purpose that God has for you. This is what safety in a multitude of wise counsel looks like. This is when I want to, I want, listen, sometimes I want to, sometimes my flesh wants to. I want to ask you, Let me tell you this, stay there for a minute. Where was when David, when King David, and the Scripture says that when kings, at the time when kings went out to war, the Scripture says that David stayed home and chilled out on a rooftop and started checking out chicks. Scripture doesn't say that, that was me. But it says that when when kings went out to war, David stayed home and he was chilling on a rooftop and he saw a woman. That was when when he fell. This is my question. Where were these guys? When David said to the boys, you guys go out to war, I'm gonna just chill today. Do you have people in your life? That when you tell them, I'm gonna go chill today and they they said, chill? Bro, you're a king. Kings don't chill. Kings don't kick on rooftops checking out hot girls. Kings get out on the battlefield. We're not gonna let you chill. You've gotta stay covered. You've gotta get under. Where were they? Where was Samson's buddies? We call it mates in Australia. When I discipline my kids, which I seem to be doing it 200 times a day at the moment, and they fight, I sit them down and I've taught them to say, I look at, I look at them and I say, what are we? And they say, mates. <laughs> I said, what do mates do? They love each other. They're kind to one another. They care for each other. Where was, where was Samson's Where were his boys when he was kicking it with Delilah? Where were his boys that said, bro, this chick, I know she's hot, but dude, this chick is a snake. This chick, you got to get out of there. Where were they? You see how much power there is? In one with people, this will help you stay in the place of, of, of one. It'll help you stay when you want to, and I'm using I'm using these guys because I want you to see what I preach to you is not something that I don't live myself. That 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 these guys and other guys here they are this for me. When I feel like I don't want to preach. When I feel like it's too hard. When I'm freaking out. When I'm feeling fear. When I'm under, I've got to have, got to have dudes that will take their ground with me and say, come hell or high water. You are not going to get through us because we love you too much to let you fall and let you fail. And your purpose is too great. Thank you. Thank you. Why, do we, why, do we, why are we up here telling people to get in a small group? Because of that. You think we're like, you think we're just like, we do small groups because we just don't have enough to do? Like we're bored, like we're sitting at home thinking, man, wish we had more to do at Free Chapel. I don't know. I'm just bored, you know, I've got nothing to do. Uh. Uh-uh. That's why you've got to get in a small group. I word it like that, you've got to, you've got to. You may not want to go to some person's house that you've never met before, give it a go. What do you got to lose? You don't like them, you don't connect with them. That's not a big deal, find another group there. People are people, you'll connect with someone, you'll find someone. We don't prioritise it enough. We forget that Scripture says, man was not meant to be alone. There's been an assignment of the enemy to disconnect people from their lifeline, that is the church, that is the people of God, that is relationship, that is community. Your purpose happens with people. It's also, I want you to see this, God's purpose, it doesn't just come about with people, it's actually outworked through His people. I want you to hear this, because we have to understand that there was a mandate, and you've heard me say it so many times, there is a mandate upon the people of God, that is you and me, to usher in, if you like, or to activate God's purpose and God's plan. Let's break it down, for this community for this nation and this nation, like many nations right now that are going through what they're going through, this nation more than any other, desperately needs the people of God to position themselves correctly and start to understand that God's plan and purpose, He wants to activate through you, through you. The problem is so many of you, the first thought that you thought when I just made that statement, it started with these words. Well, I'm just. Ben, I'm I'm just a, I'm not a preacher or a pastor, bro. I'm just a business guy. You're just a business guy? Ben, I'm just a business woman. I'm not really like a, I'm not like a big prayer or a big, I'm still new at this. I just. I run business, some of it. You're just a businesswoman. Do you know that if it was not for faithful business people, this stinking tent would not be here? Do you realize that? Do you know that this tent was reserved for the NFL draft? But when COVID happened, they 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 couldn't do the NFL draft. And they had this tent sitting there. We got it. We got it. Now listen, we got a good deal and we haggled the freaking life out of these jokers to get a good deal, but it still costs money. This, this stage and this stuff, this music, you're just a business person. You listen. You jokers write the checks. People get, we get so, as pastors, we get so scared about talking about money. I'm not. I need it. I need a crap load of it. Because I've got a vision that's too big for what we have right now. And I believe that what God has called us to do is see people wanting to the kingdom and there's practical things that have to happen. Listen, listen, you're just a business person. We're about to launch a preschool, free chapel. Listen, there is an attack of the enemy over our children and over the education system. Right from the beginning of our young children, you follow it. The enemy is, so, he, uh, listen, you can track him. You can track his strategy. Right from the very start to attacking unborn babies, you track his strategy. You watch, he was taking out babies in Scripture. You follow this joker and you watch what he's trying to do. He's getting our education system. It's already got most colleges. And now, what they, what, what, what the, the assignment of the enemy, it's not people, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against principalities and powers. The assignment of the enemy is to begin to indoctrinate our young people where they're moldable and they can be shaped and they're working out their ideologies. And the enemy, you watch this joker, this snake will creep in and start to begin to say things to our kids and to our children. But I believe in the purpose of God. So rather than sit back like too many people of God are doing and just criticise about it and post about it and attack the people, doing it. Don't worry about the people, their souls. We've got to pray for them to get saved. You have to go after the Spirit and you do that by prayer and obedience to God's Word. So I'd rather start a freaking preschool and start to begin to take back the education system one day at a time, one line at a time. But listen, you think a preschool just, you think that thing just sort of magically happens? You think it doesn't cost big money? You're just a business person. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for people that sowed. God's purpose is being activated through you. You're just, somebody think, Ben, I'm just a, I'm a stay at home mom. You, you're a stay at home mom. Every word you speak over those little babies. I sit down, I sit with Leo. My daughter, I got this little tattoo the other day of a little angel. I sat, I sit with her and and I told her, I said, Leo, now she's got this thing where she goes to bed, she wants to hear, she said, tell me the story. She says, tell me the story about baby Leo. I said, let me tell you about baby Leo. Leah was a little angel, just like that one right there. That's you, baby, in heaven. And mummy and daddy prayed. And we said, God, will you give us a baby? I said, well, you know who he gave us? And her little eyes light up. I said, he gave us Leah. And then we, mummy went to the hospital, and you came out. I said, the first thing I did, you came out, you're about this big and you're crying. You're going, "Where where?" where I picked you up and I held you. And the first thing I prayed over you, I said, Lord, I give her back to you. She's yours. And then Leo looks at me and says, then did we get ice cream? <laughs> I, I don't know where she gets in her mind that we gave our baby ice cream on the day she was born. But our kids just have a way of interrupting these moments, don't they? You're just a mum. You're just a dad. Don't don't miss your purpose by devaluing the people that are all around you. People that are in your life There's purpose there because the last thing that happens in this verse, and I'm gonna close. And this is what is crazy. He prays this, he says, that they may be one. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be one in us. And we've talked about the power of this, but then he makes this statement. And he says, that the world... May believe that you sent me. Why does God want us to be one? The last thing about people is your your purpose happens with people, it happens through people, but your purpose is actually for people. Jesus says, I want them to be one. Not just so they will have a blessed life. Not just so they will be covered. Not just so they will know true fulfillment. Not just so they will be at peace. All of that stuff, all of that, that's a byproduct. That's a bonus. The reason why he wanted us to be one, he said, so that people who are lost, and don't know Jesus would look at us and how we operate as the people of God and see that what we're walking in is something that they need and that they would look at the church and be like, these jokers have got something going on. That's, That's, he prayed that we would be one. So our purpose, what is is your purpose? Our purpose is to impact people. People. Why we come to church so that we can impact more people? Why we read our Bible so that we can be fired up for God and impact more people? So the challenge for us is who am I impacting? Who am I changing? It can be so simple. In a world that is as dark as what our world is right now, light, just a little bit of light will shine so, so bright. You don't have to be the greatest preacher. You may not even know all that much about Scripture, but you can be kind to somebody You can be generous to somebody. You can encourage somebody. You don't know how dark people's world is right now. But we have to remember and be reminded that my purpose, ultimately, the Great Commission doesn't change. Jesus didn't say, go unto all the world, make disciples, except 2020, let's give that a rest because it's gonna be rough. How will, we, how will we stay protected and covered? I've been praying it since we opened up 10 weeks ago. Cover our church. From everything that's going on, I pray that we wouldn't miss a beat. I pray that God would stir something in this church, that we would grow, that we would advance that we would get some of the greatest revelations than we've ever had before in the middle of a pandemic just to remind us that it doesn't matter. The devil can do all he wants and throw every stink and attack at us all he wants. But as long as we remain focused, as long as we stay on track, as long as we keep one, keep in alignment, stay on track with the Great Commission, we'll do what God has called us to do and we will not miss a beat. It's our purpose. It's our purpose. It'll happen with people. It'll happen through people. Everywhere you go, everything that you do. And it happens for people. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at FreeChapelOC.